ready. I think we're ready too, my brother. I think we're ready too, because there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Miss Sharon Goins, I got to call her out. She comes to St. Louis often. <laughs> so let's shout out to St. Louis. How you doing, yeah. St. Louis? Love from New York City. Yeah. All right. We we all in this together. Now we we this uh I I just wanna start off by saying we're in a state of emergency. And I, I hate when I, I usually hate when I hear it because it's almost like a, a, a cry wolf, but we're really in a state of emergency because as our culture gets eradicated or appropriated, the people of the culture uh, pretty much gets <laughs> killed, for lack of a better word, right? So as our culture dies, we die. So I guess we should start the address, my brother. Yes. Um, we have been talking about, you know, I guess this biopic, a, a clip that's going to be featured in uh, Eris Clapton biopic. Yeah. And then, you know, I had heard remarks about, you know, different blues guys telling me about how they feel about Eric Clapton. But, you know, you never did could get nothing concrete. I, I, well, if it was out there, you know, I never did come across it in my search. And uh, but then to... Uh, have it included in his biopic, for one, I, I, you know, I commend him for that because that take a lot to, you know, tell a person, hey, look, this is at least who I was. But the sentiment, even with apologizing, the problem with it is just the sentiment. It's hard to uh, extinguish that with an apology overnight when that's been something uh, embedded in you uh, for so long. And I'm saying that he didn't uh, uh, come to a conclusion and figure out, well, what I said was wrong, and then he didn't garner more respect and love for the blues musician, but this is what we always have to deal with at start. We always have to turn the hearts of right. those who come to our music or to the struggle instead of them being straight up and fair when they get here. So then we wouldn't have to do these kind of videos. Right. right. I, you know, before I even get into the Clapton thing, I just want to address something you just said in regards to the fact that we always have to take on the role of turning the hearts of folk, right? I'm, I'm reading a book right now. I want to show the audience if you want to see what this is. Okay? Right. So this is about um, the Bosket family, right? Um, the brother was arrested, I think, in the early 80s, late 70s, something like this. Considered if the most dangerous youth. He actually, because of him, they were able to spearhead, if I'm not mistaken, they were able to spearhead this idea that Hillary Clinton ran with in regards to us being predators because the dude was dangerous and he was a young man from Harlem, if I'm not mistaken. Now, the, the writer of this book was solicited to write it by the first black and woman, black woman editor of the New York Times. I believe this was out of Chicago. She wanted him to do something on him, on this young man. So he wrote the book. In the book, he went all the way back to his, uh, great four generations to see how this, this history of violence started. Now, I'm getting to the point. This is very, very important and crucial to our entire story. Blues blues people, blues culture, music, everything. 
Hold on, bro. I don't want to cut you off. They asked the topic is about uh about the blues. It's meaning to the culture of us being black folks and to America. So that's pretty much what the topic is about tonight, the culture of the blues. Go ahead, bro. Right. Protecting the culture and the people. Okay. So when he went all the way back, before it was any black people were documented in the 1700s out of South Carolina, because this is where he traced uh, this guy's family. The Scot-Irish and the British were there, mostly Scot-Irish, and they were extremely violent people um, because they came over from centuries of war, and they were warring amongst themselves. They were warring with the Indians. Make a long story short, the, the, the American white uh, intellectual writers of the time were, were, were doing um, surveys because after the emancipation, after a war, and when there were free blacks and things, it just turned out this small area called Edgecliff or Edgefield in South Carolina was the most violent territory in the United States, as in as well as South Carolina. The West, the West wasn't what was violent. The South is what was violent. In his findings, what he said was, it was the white man that was so violent. And what they found was, it was the black men and women that was of, 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 of kind heart. And, and that this brother's generation became corrupted by the violence of his the uh, the original member of his family's connection to their slave masters right now that we we see that now a couple was a year ago or so when the south carolina nine people was killed at the south carolina church not for nothing yeah and and it was a big uproar in our community because the people of that church said we forgive him this is the position we've been playing since we were documented. We weren't documented until the late 1700s, early 1800s. Prior to that, there's no record of us because we were considered property things. So now, going, bringing this full circle back to um, your statement of we always have to change the heart and, and the fact that this, this man, though he's seen the... the, the, the the, the ills of his ways found itself to change absolutely because I'm a, a person of the most high God. Yes, I believe we should forgive him. However, it, it doesn't matter what your denomination or spiritual belief is, or even if you have a spiritual belief under justice, there's, 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 there's penalties. And, and what happens in our community is we penalize and punish each other, but we don't penalize or punish those who 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 exploit us. What he did was extremely exploitive. This brother, this man, what this man did. Now remember, based on the based on the 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 uh, article about this movie, his statement was made in 1976. So he has been well-connected, he, he, he was a seasoned professional musician, successful musician for at least 10 years at this point. So, so, his so, so, so all this time, 
he was eating off of then began to eat from a culture of people that he had disdain for and then comes out 50, 40 years later, this is horrible. This is horrible. You know, th this is horrible. It, it reminds me of the Eminems. It reminds me of the Macklemores. It reminds me of the Third Bases. It reminds me of the Elvis Presleys. Not all of them right. hated black folk, right? Some of them grew up with black folk. But like you said, off air, you can't blame the system without blaming the people who run the system. Yeah, because the system, uh, I told you, I was, like, I was watching Driving Miss Daisy, and then when she had that accident, that was the perfect line I'd ever heard. He, he, she said, I don't know what happened to the car. And her son said, well, uh, she said the car uh, was doing its own thing pretty much. He said, well, the car must be acted upon. And the system, <laughs> the system in which we live, it, I mean, the system would be, it would grind to a halt if nobody was there to keep it going. But so the system don't know whether we black or white or what's going on. Only the folks who are the operators of this system can tell exactly what's going on. And like you said, if you can eat from the table or, or from the culture, you have to feel indebted or entitled to go back and say, well, uh, Maybe I do some kind of, you know, maybe find another entertainer that's young and, and pick them up the same way those guys did them. Or, you know, we have to start passing it down to just get real about it. Hey, we set up a little fun over here, some some real music, not just uh, like my man Joe Bartomasa in the name of the blues, you know, he said, uh, keeping the blues alive foundation. But they said they reached, what, what was it, over 50,000 kids? But but the the main mission of what they were learning was not the blues. So then how are you keeping the blues alive without having the blues at the forefront if you don't want its people there to represent it? Well, you know, 100%. Not to mention, if, you, if you're galvanizing people financially to keep the blues alive, to give, give back to the culture that's been raped, to give back to the culture that's been exploited, and to show that you 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 are really of the the mindset of being involved rather than stealing, the money that you galvanize should be spent, if not all of it, a good portion of it, back to the communities that this music derives from. So these young black kids who are being considered predators and going in and out of the system could learn how to play an instrument and get a better connection to their, their, their heritage here on this land, right? Because, I, let's, go ahead. Let's, let's do this, bro. Let's, for some of the people out here watching, I, I got a few friends I grew up with. Uh, they used to see me playing the, the guitar and the blues in the school, but we necessarily didn't always have uh, a chance, not after we got to middle school, you know, to really delve into the culture. Okay. Uh, one of the one of the questions was, what is the blues, you know? Mm. And uh, why don't we why don't we hit that up? I agree with you. So let's let's start from the gate. What is the blues? Um, the how about I, how about I set it up like this? Where did the blues come from? We 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 are considered the blues people, African Americans. Um, I, I have an article series. The first article is posted. You should check it out. It's called African American Tribal Music uh, The Beginning. Okay? Because the blues is, is, is a direct 
experience that was cultivated in two places, the continent of Africa, and we know Palestine and what they call the Middle East is part of Africa, the entire continent of Africa, and the Americas, right? So these two places it, it, it birthed the blues. However, the, well, the, the, the people from these two places birthed the blues, but the experience on this land is what made our traditional praise, our traditional music, our traditional everyday interactions become the blues, right? Prior, prior to it, was, we were the griot, the passing down of the story, things right. of this nature. Right. Um, then we got here, it became black spirituals, it became bush meetings, it became slave seculars, it became reels, it became uh, corn ditties. Right, the pinks, the red. Yes, sir. I, I would go as far as saying the emancipation is what made the blues. The emancipation is what made the blues. And it only made blues for the blues people. Those of Aboriginal American descent, Black Indians, and those of African descent, Black Africans, that had to, to, to uh, uh, learn how to survive and maneuver the terrain of the Americas after co the colonization. And after emancipation, when a good portion of us were freed, our, our, our expression changed, right, up until this day. So, so I would go as far as saying culturally, heritage-wise, tradition-wise, the, 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 the term blues comes in the late 1800s, the, the, the concept of blues. Prior to that, it was slave seculars, right? right? And, and slave seculars was just the antithesis to black spirituals. And it wasn't right. the fact that these people weren't um, uh, uh, religious or didn't have any sort of belief from our original tradition. They just, not, they just did not subscribe to the overseeing of the master telling us how to worship. Because remember, in, in this time, they stopped us from reading, period. And one of the main reasons they stopped us from reading was because of the Bible and, 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 and the excursion and the exodus of Moshe, Moses, and, and, and the fact that we were having our own exodus on Americas and we was having an exodus in Haiti. So one of the biggest reasons they stopped us from reading was because of that. So to that's how we got to them overseeing the the the, the ministry and, and giving us the the, the pieces of of, of 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 scripture that they thought was beneficial to them. So they, they, those who did not subscribe to the white man's version of the Bible began to sing slave seculars and, and those who you know just wanted some sort of religion or house negroes however you want to call it they started right. refer <laughs> they started referring to it as devil's music this is where sure. the blues became devil's music but the blues became really the blues after when when we started sharecropping stopped singing together in in, in lines of work because now, now the terrain is spread out. We still have the tradition, but we are working separate. 
right? So yep. when me and you would wake up in the morning and, and go to the plantation and start getting right, now, you know, we, we, we sharecropping. I come out the cabin, and I, I may be, you know, on a mule or something by myself, but I'm still, I'm still doing it. Right. You know? <laughs> And time don't get no better. That's right. <laughs> right. You know, now the, the interesting thing about this time period with the blues is, is, is the people of the blues is we begin to see a, a, a change in the conversation because the conversation, and this is why black spirituals wasn't as prevalent in the blue in the blues people community because we we began to stop singing for the lord to 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 rescue us from this babylon and we start singing about what I, unconsciously social issues and injustices my, you know my hand bleeding you know whatever the case it is my hand hurt i miss my woman whatever the case right. may be you know we we start singing about day to day things and, and that's what really uh, uh, at least to me, and based on what I've come across, that's what really uh, uh, spearheaded the beginning of what we know as today as the blues. Right. All right, that was good. I'm, and for me, I think that's what the blues is too. Is the this is the day to day lifestyle of the of the African American people, because it is a story that has been uh, documented by everyone else. But ourselves, it's been one that's been studied by everyone, and then then we come study what they can gather on us. But we that's already right. know what's going on because the blues tell us, and our spirituals tell us. Uh, I was listening at the latest thing about, uh, um, oh my goodness, Mary, don't you weep, Martha, don't you moan, Pharaoh, army drowning in the sea one day. They was already discussing. The plan of defeat, or how to come over, as uh, 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 Mahalia Jackson said, how I come over, such a mighty hard time coming over. You know, my soul sit back and wonder how do we make it over. That's that right. was in itself. That's the blues too, because yes, sir. On the spiritual side, and which is what most folks would consider gospel, to me, the blues is just as spiritual, just as much as spiritual. As the gospel is, because it is, the, it is like you said, it is the day-to-day existence of what we face. And when you go back and listen at some of those songs, those guys was talking about uh, uh, how time was. Um, like I was, we was referring muddy water. If time don't get no better, uh, down the road I go. When yeah. you you won't have to hear from Poe me no more, and that's how we get. Because how many people leave from where they at? Say, well, I can't make it in St. Louis. Let me go down to Houston, or or mm -hmm. I'm in Chicago. Let me go over here to New York where you at. But we we trying to shuffle the deck, but we don't understand that the black life is there, waiting on you to get there because it's you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It, it, no matter it, it, there's it's a saying. Um, what. Oh man, I can't think of it. But the 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 blues is the black experience. The blues is the African American experience. And to to your point, the blues is in the Bible. He said, "Don't don't laugh and smile, sing and moan, mourn, and cry out." That's the blues. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jeremiah was referred to as the weeping prophet. He had the blues. Jeremiah sat and talked to the Most High God and said, I, I wish you didn't allow my mother to have me because I have to go. I see you showed me what's about to happen to my people, and I got to go tell them. That's the blues. That is the blues. You know, but uh, it, 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 it is... It, it's, Jock, Brother Jock Webb always says the blues is as spiritual as it gets, and I have to, I have to quote him and 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 agree with that statement, just for the simple fact that, you know, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter what color or 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 or, or, or where, wherever you are, most human beings are on a quest for understanding. Just some of us on that quest looking towards the most high, some look towards themselves, right? And, and, and when you identify certain things based on experience, you start, you start moaning. And, and it usually comes from a pain. Now, why, why do I say does it usually come from a pain in blues? Because everybody knows blues don't have to be about just sorrow. However, whether you read the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, or even any of these motivational uh, uh, song, uh, uh, books or whatever it is, it takes turmoil and a point of breaking for you to look, raise up and, and start as, you know, looking to God or whatever the case it is. The blues in its purest is when you've broken down so much. Yes, yeah, Yeah, and you've broken down by a system and by another human being. So you're going to look to a higher authority. You, you know what I'm saying? So that's, to, to, those, those are the things to me, what the blues is as, as a music, as, as a uh, expression. But the blues as a culture is simple. We, you know, I mean, from both my side, my grandparents, you know, every Sunday we went to my grandmama's house. You know, either one of them. And the entire family came there. Music came out. Drinks came out. You, you, that's, that's blues culture. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my, my, my granddaddy, tell, told, rest in peace, told me about his uh, brother, Uncle Lewis, in Louisiana. There's a uh, house at the end of the road where he was the only white folk that live in the immediate area. So apparently we talk about a plantation and former masters or those who, who own the sharecropping area, whatever the case may be, he go up there, sit on the porch, and because this house was in uh, the middle of everyone, right? Mm -hmm. He sit there on the porch, start picking at his guitar, everybody come over and congregate right there. They start to get the cooking and everything and whatever. That's blues culture. That's, that's stuff culture. That, right. That's stuff me and you don't think about selling because that's stuff me and you live. When I was a little dude, my, uh, my mama would cut her pantyhose. That's how I got stocking caps. It, it wasn't us who said, hey, let's take that stocking and sell it back to them. Because this right. is what, <laughs> right. This is, this is culture. culture. Right. Right. You know, so we have we have to going back to the topic of, of of our discussion. We have to protect our culture. Protecting our culture means protecting the people, 
and you protect the people, you protect the people who live, cultivate, and express this culture, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. Because yeah. you can't sell the pain because you you can't sell the pain, which which makes the blues, which made the blues, uh, because the pain has been passed down to us. That's why, uh, and 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 uh, I would say in general, people can look out at themselves, look out at their lives, everyday lives, and say, well, yes, I have the blues. But the only way you have basis for the blues or know how the blues is, you have to look from which it come from. And when you look at the community, is you cannot sell the pain in which the community uh, face. Uh, a lot of people are trying to sell the good time. And that good time is hard to mimic. Like you're saying, they're moaning and they're groaning. It's hard to mimic because you're going, I made a joke uh, a while ago. I, I had I had brought a book. And the book cover is uh was put on backwards. And I was going to call Amazon and tell them, it's been three days and I've been reading a book backwards. I learned about what was going on, was going on. you see what I'm saying? And so it, it almost get like that when it come down to the blue. Folks want to jump to the conclusion of it. You want to get to the good time, the laughter, the dance around, let's, let's have a good time. But, but you cannot explain or sell the pain in which made it. And that is what makes it uh, different for us. I think our, when I was in South America, I will go back to say, I haven't been all over. I was in Argentina and Brazil. But when mm. I was in Buenos Aires, I was leaving out of Buenos Aires headed to La Plata. And when, on, when, I, when I was leaving out of Buenos Aires, I seen the poverty. I said, it made sense why so many uh, South Americans uh, were picking up the blues at such a rapid rate. That's right, and, sir. You know, what's going on now? I'm talking about right now. They picking up the blues the same way uh, uh, the Brits were doing it in the early 60s and the 70s. But now it has come down to South America. And I said, well, when I looked out, I said, down, that's real pain. Uh, uh, makeshift homes and everything, but the kids were just running and playing. Mm. The grown people standing up against the house. One one guy looked at, I get a good glimpse of him. He was, he just had his hand against his head. Make sure mm. And then I thought about it. I said, until you experience the rawness of complete disaster and chaos and disparity, it's hard to truly understand the blue. Now you we may you may say you got the blue because you may be your bottom line may be zero, right? Uh, if you can uh, replace that within a week or two, a day or two, it won't change your uh, your whole existence. But that's been our existence. The bottom line been zero from day one. And when by the time you die, it stay at zero. That's why I say it's hard to export the pain of the blues. But they try to sell the good times. You can't have the good times without that. So there's no problem no. representation. Uh, on the on the main stage, we're not talking about the guys who are trying to play uh, here and there, who pick up the blues and help uh, keep the culture going at a ground level. We're talking about those who that took the ground swell and you ride in the waves and the currents and you get way up here and you forgot about exactly those guys who taught you that stuff. Sometimes I, I sit down and I think, I say, man, what if what if my grandfather in 1990 four was dying of cancer 
And he told my uncle, he said, Clifford, he said, Marquise had a guitar. He'll learn how to play. My great uncle said, you think so? He said, yeah. Well, my uncle waited until I got big enough. He told my mother, he said, I think it's time to go buy him a guitar just to see where he at. And it clicked. But if it had been for the foresight of my grandfather looking at me and studying me as a child, saying, there's something inside of him that I see that is reflective of our lifestyle, that is reflective of what we've been through, what we go through, and all about what we hope to achieve. That boy got the blues. Teach it to him. Don't let my grandson come up in this world without him knowing who we are, what we are, because he has the blues. That's right. It, 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 mm. and, and that's what it's all about. Passed down generation to generation. This is what it's all about. I, I see um, someone here, uh, Joe Eagle. If Psalm 69 ain't the blues, I don't know what is. That's right, bro. It's all about generations. And, and I, I would like to, to, to uh, uh, bring up something that we have to, that you and I and Brother Alonzo spoke about the other day that we need to discuss based on what you just said. Your grandfather had the foresight to make sure that our heritage was passed down to just three generations under him. You, yeah. you see what I'm saying? So, so that we talking another hundred years. We have to get our people back into that mindset because so many others um, um, make sure, you know, I, I tell the story all the time. This uh, European Jewish guy I met, an uh, Israeli, um, I met, uh, he was telling me that uh, his grandmother gave him eight notebooks. In these notebooks was uh, names and documented events, handwritten of the um, <clears throat> uh, uh, the Hitler situation, uh, 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 the gas chamber. Uh, what is it? The uh, the concentration camps and everything. Right, right. So I'm like, wow, that's some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. You know, you can actually reprint that and sell it and make some money. And his response to me was, uh, it, it's, too, it's, it's, it's too special for that. I'm going to hold that until I get married and have children. I'm going to give this to my kids. And I said to myself, how many, how many of my brothers and sisters have I spoke to that had that train of thought? Not just passing down money not just making sure that they're, they're leaving a, a policy, or, or which is also very important. Please don't mistake me. But how many of our brothers and sisters in our generation and possibly one prior to us think about passing our heritage down? Right. Intentionally. And, and, and it's reflected in blues because you go to, a, and I'm not, uh, uh, by no means discrediting or disregarding or disrespecting our white fans that not only pay money but sometimes drive in the worst conditions to come see us perform. I'm not. I'm not disrespecting them, but I. I, I would like to look in the crowd and see a, a larger black audience. And the only way that can happen if if we take an aggressive, proactive role and do. Follow the, the lead of what your grandfather did. And, and yeah. we got to teach our, 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 our young kids where we came from and how to keep and cultivate 
our, our traditional music. It's even happening in hip-hop because rap is not new. Chuck Berry nope. was rapping. You know, half these cats that we listen to was rapping with guitars. And most of them dudes couldn't sing. But if you you can look at and rap and, and blues are the two black musics with no European influence, as well as black spirituals, right? So with this being said, we need to look at our traditional musics, our tribal musics, the musics that represent our heritage and our people, and make sure that we sit down with our peoples like your grandfather did and, 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 and pass this down, and not just musically, but how it has to do with how we live, the terrain we live in, in the society. Right. Because it's a big reflection. It's not a big difference. And, and the only, what, what's the difference? Okay. Uh, by the turn of the century, after the emancipation, during Reconstruction, we had prison farms, right? And that went all the way on to Jim Crow when it was grabbing up free blacks, right? Okay, so we may not have prison farms now, but we have a prison industrial system. Yes, yes, we are the exploitation of the prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, this that's the blues. That is the blues, and then when when you and, we, and what we still have, if we said that the, one of the greatest crime in humanity was black and slavery, but we have more black men and women locked up now than that was in slavery, then what is the true crime? Mm. <laughs> Woo. What, is, what is the true crime? You know, what should we re, uh, should we require? Uh, justice for then or now, because you know. Well, I think I think that's why I love Martin Luther King. I love Martin Luther King. I love Malcolm X. I love these guys' uh, speeches. You really have to get in the fire with those two. You got to see a Malcolm X who come out, who uh, who was who will say, "Look, by any not not just by any means necessary, but he was just saying that." The security and safety of the black family must mean something to us before we ask the government to give us the security and safety in which we only want from our counterpart and from uh, uh, a legal justice system that preys on us. Now that we we now he was telling Ralph, or not Ralph Alphonse, but Andrew Young, I believe, or might have been uh, what's the other the singer Harry Belafonte when, when he was them that accommodation laws were okay. That's just that's just equal. I mean, uh, equality. That you know, I want to come sit at the counter. I want to be able to buy uh, a burger in this establishment. I don't want to go down the street and uh, pick up a burger. And I always tell the people, our people died, had dogs sick on them, water holes down, busted heads all to eat at the counter and we go to drive-throughs all the on the side of the building come around the back of the building still pick up the fucking burger I mean I didn't mean to cuss on this particular video but still, <laughs> food I, I was doing good I don't know how many minutes it was. I was too yeah, bro I was doing good <laughs> but you know we we ought to have the accommodation to go to pick it up from the counter just to come around the back and pick up all our food to still get the same mistreatment that we 
fought so hard for, it feel like for me as a young black man, especially in playing the blues, I mean, I come from a generation, and you do too, uh, where, where it come from, R&B, hip-hop, uh, well, we'll say hip-hop, R&B, uh, rap, and then to be immersed uh, with the foundation of gospel and blues, then to be able to navigate your way backwards through the present-day style of music, getting back to the roots, you hear the different philosophy of the different people, Tupac and, and uh, 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 Public Enemy, all these right. guys, and you're thinking, you say, wait a minute. Then you compare the lyrics to them to Muddy Water, Holland Wolf. Holland Wolf said, we going to put a coon on the moon. Everybody know what that song was about. He said, one day we're going to have a black man in the white house. Yes, we're gonna sir. We're going to have yes, a black sir. man on the moon. We're going to have him where you least expected. Muddy Water said, uh, I am the first, uh, uh, I'm the last to be hired, but the first to be fired. I am the blues. And so when you get the backdrop and all this, you say, wait a minute. We have to come to a fundamental understanding. What what will we do to not only protect the blues but protect black life? Because we losing people to a prison industrial complex, and all that don't get caught up in the prison industrial complex. If you so find yourself without an education, or you do find yourself without education, not in the field, or not able to use it, then you get caught up. In the uh, 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 industrial complex of the army, now we going off and fighting wars for men who are fighting wars against our people here at home. So then it becomes a oxygen. We don't have the men. We don't have the men to fight the battle with inside the community because on any given day they gone. And I, I, I want. I even want to bring the blues to international uh, uh, policy. Um, they was talking about Iran, and they said that the unemployment rate, I believe, for the for the Iranian, for the young Iranian, was somewhere like twenty percent, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five percent. And the way the U.S. media was framing, well, that was enough to dispose of our toll and all these people. This was enough for us to stand in in breast to breast with the protesters on the street. Wait a minute. Black unemployment still six sits better than six and a half percent. Black youth unemployment still sits better than forty-five percent. Who gonna fire the shot on Christopher Atticus for us? Well, bro, bro, you understand? That that is the realest. You 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 know what? I'm happy you took it there. You know, I, I don't like um 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 catastrophe on anyone, right? So you have the, the young girls in Africa that was being snatched up at a high rate. Um, all of a sudden, everybody uh, is talking about, uh, I believe in Nigeria, the brothers that's being yapped up and, and, and sent to, to, to slavery and stuff like that. Yes, that is very important. Those are brothers and sisters across the water in international territory. But there are young ladies here in the Americas that are not only just being snatched up, but being raped and murdered at an alarming rate. Whether yes. and, and, and not not just in the community, but by those who are supposed to be protecting the community. Because some of these women are getting murdered in prison by guards, as well as black men getting murdered by officers right in front of us. 
and they play it on television. I worked for man. I don't even get into that because I I had I don't want to get for the, into that. But it, it, we are being murdered at an alarming rate right here. That is the blues over there. Over here, we're catching hell around the world. That is the blues. But yeah, Libya slave trade, somebody just said that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in regards to lyrics, bro, one of the things to, 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 to uh, uh, grab what you said and, 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 and add to it, uh, my favorite, Sun House, he did uh, 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 Mississippi Farm Blues. You have uh, Buckle White, Parchment Farm Blues, right? Now, we could take it to rap, right? You had, had Cool G Rap did a song called Rikers Island. You understand? You had um, um, Aini Kamozi, Roots and Culture Reggae artist, did a song called Rikers Island. We can go down the list. There is a deep connection, a deep pattern of the experiences of the blues people that we can listen to, not the popularized music that they're playing, but but we can listen to some of the the the, the music of today and, and and go all the way back and we're gonna hear and this is actually kind of disturbing to me saying it out loud because I, as like yourself I'm one to preserve and and our traditions and musics, but it's disturbing to me that if you listen to the lyrics of black music, blues people music for over 200 years, we are still addressing the same treatment to this day. That is frightening on so many levels. Yeah, because it morphs into, it morphs them from, from being uh, slavery of the, of the person. I, I, I charge everyone to go back and read uh, an essay that was written, I believe it was 1835, 1845. It's called The Occasional Question of What to Do with the Negro. This was a guy who lived in, in England. And by this time, we know they was wrapping up slavery for themselves. Right. And he said, the best thing in this essay, he said, the best thing to do is to, is to allow mobility for the Negro, uh, build communities, allow jobs, but control every aspect. That's why we get to turn landlord and it still persists to this day. You just yes, control yes, every sir. aspect of the community of the economics and social stand. Thus far, he's taking care of himself in one way and you still getting what you want out of him in another way. And he's still he will be so consumed with how many blockades he faced until <laughs> It would be maddening for him to sit down and become intellect enough and say, well, let's try to figure it out. Because it would be like uh, um, James Baldwin said, to be conscious and to be black means almost being constant rage. I mean, it goes hand Absolutely. in hand. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's why and that's I'm a big why fan I'm a big of Booker Washington. Washington. I didn't fully understand as a younger man, but I do now. He, he said, you know, you can go to college and learn how to intellectualize everything, but at some point it becomes intellectual masturbation if we do not get the 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 training of of hands-on work so we can cultivate an economy of our own. And I'll also speak about Bowley, Oklahoma. Everybody talks about Tulsa, but what 
one one fact that most do not um um um, um address when it comes to both Nephi, yes, they're treating African migrants in Israel horribly. Why do you think that's the case? But back to the point. One one fact that a lot of people negate, especially when 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 they when they um when a, when white media discusses Tulsa, they never address the fact that Tulsa was direct in di- directly parallel to a white town, right? Now, Bowley, Oklahoma had no white towns around them. That doesn't mean they were safe. There was a lot of towns in Oklahoma that were not in direct uh, a position to black towns that were facing a lot of issues. But Bowley, Oklahoma, yeah, black Wall Street, but Bowley, Oklahoma was extremely special for the simple fact that the guy who um, spearheaded most of the stuff going on in, in Oklahoma, especially Bowley, um, Charles McEdwards, I believe his name is. Uh, I'll make sure I get Marquise the name so we can link it to, to this piece. What he said was, this is not about hatred of the white man. What this is, on the contrary, is about the black man, the black woman, the black family being able to live or die on their own merits. Now, yeah. he did something extremely interesting that no other town has done to my understanding or findings yet. You know how up, how white towns had no Negroes can be here after a certain time. Bowley, Oklahoma had it. No white folk could be in this town after dark. If you're white after dark, you have to go. They got on the map because um, a gang that Rob Banks came there and the town murdered them. Okay, and this gang was terrorizing every all white towns, and they had one white bandit in the gang. He was like, "Let me show you how to rob a black bank," because this Bowley had a black bank, black land, black owned. They had black merchants. Everything was black, right? I, I'm giving this context of Bowley, Oklahoma, because just like Central Avenue in L.A. That was thriving, just like Chicago. That was thriving, just like here in New York, Harlem and Bed Stuy. That was thriving black communities, just like Detroit. And we can go down the list. Just like St. Louis, they found a way. To your point, to not only control it, but pull the damn rug from beneath it, bleed it dry until nothing is there, and, and to so people are so impoverished they become desperate and begin attacking each other because that's what that's the only thing you could do at that point, then they ease back in. And when they ease back in, I see somebody, meant gentrific- somebody mentioned gentrification. When they ease back in, here's the thing that they do that is, that is hard. They ease back in. They start building specific communities first. Right? Now, mind you, the black communities that was thriving at one time that's been depleted, all the jobs, businesses, and industries has been moved, right? So when you have people like Claude, Dr. Claude Anderson explain that the dollar only moves in the black community once because there's no way in the, there's no industry in the black community. Right. You have the, a black person for the last 50 years had to go outside of the community to get a job. So that means they had to go outside of the community to buy their goods. So once we are depleted to 
to nothing, they come in and they build specific areas. In those specific areas, they start putting specific industries. But the, the surrounding homes are not affordable. So yet again, we're displaced. And these were, these were areas that were thriving black businesses and thriving black residential spaces that are gone. Yep. We, could, we could look at New Orleans. We could look at Bed-Stuy and Harlem. We could look at Detroit. You know, you've been talking about St. Louis for the last couple. Come on, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then the, the issue, and I spoke to you with this, I spoke to you about this off the air a couple of weeks ago. What, 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 what really bothers me is people, and again, please don't take this wrong, for, for our white listeners and white fans, but this is just the truth. White people can leave their town never ever interacting with a black person in their life. Go to an, a, a city that has a high percentage of black residents, get a high level position, and then dictate who the hell they're hiring. We can't go nowhere and do that. No. No, and the problem with the city of St. Louis, you know, I was talking to a friend. I, the the jobs that the blacks do have, I mean, they still are, are like in service. You know what I'm saying? You you being you 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 waiting on the motherfucker. You 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 still lifting your the uh, the plate up or the opening the door up or moving this is like oh though when you when you move jobs up that that really takes them uh, move the family mobility up like you said, and then you come back. Uh, they got certain parts of uh, downtown St. Louis. They didn't start building up like down off of uh, for the folks in St. Louis. They know St. Louis Avenue and North Floss and headed back towards Tucker. These used to be like just depleted areas. Now they coming in on certain blocks, 13, 14. We kind of fix things up, but then they then they start expanding, and then they butt right up against the ghetto. Good enough. Uh, so where they well they well they ain't gonna quite steal, but you know they they may track over just a little bit, but then that swells and that exacerbate the problem and the housing situation that's inside the ghetto. I think that's, that's right. one the one problem I had with Barack Obama was that they didn't develop a good housing program, and we see now with uh, uh, Ben Carson, Uncle Ben Carson, that. <laughs> There is no plan to address the immediate housing crisis that is faced in America because we got to talk about things that uh, really make black life hard is when white life get hard. Black Word. life get hard. Get worse. <laughs> get worse. And, and I'm, I'm happy you brought that up <laughs> I'm, because I've never seen, for the past 10 years, it's been the most I've seen white people react the way they do and they're up in arms and we're running around like what's wrong with y'all and, and it's almost like we, we've been so ingrained with post-traumatic slave syndrome this is not surprising you know I, I don't want to spend too much of our time talking about um, Trump but I, I'll just say this and then I'm going to keep moving I grew up watching Archie Bunker with my grandfather. That was they, something they we know, did. Uh, let's watch it again. Let them know where you, where you at, bro, so so that we they can get put that in context to what you're going to say. Well, I'm I'm in New York City. <laughs> right. I'm in New York City. Um, 
and, 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 and my grandfather and I grew up watching Archie Bunker with my grandfather, right? We, we just found this, him and George Jefferson, we found them hysterical, okay? And I, I didn't understand the training I was getting. But more importantly, that's right, all in the family. But more importantly, if anybody is familiar with this, I see one of the, the, the viewers is familiar with all in the family. If you understood Archie Bunker, then what's happening in the administration right now and in America right now should not be surprising. If I'm not mistaken, Trump comes from the same neighborhood that Archie Bunker took place in. You understand? Are you familiar with All in the Family, Brother Marquis? Oh, come on, man. I remember the scene. He was looking out his window, and, and, and his wife said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm looking over there. He said, those colors, they just fancy they stripes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, so this is what we're dealing with. Right, but, but this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. But, but I, I, to, to get off him and get to, to the, the, the ultimate scheme of things and back to your initial, initial statement in regards to the system, major, this system is run by people like that, that come from this Archie Bunker area, that comes from, 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 from the, 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 the antebellum South. This is ingrained in folks. So when we talk about the blues, and, and then, you know what? Let's bring it back to Eric Clapton and why this is such a atrocity. I, I, again, I'm great. We all change. I've made a million mistakes. So I'm, I'm not... Yo, bro, you there? You all right? Yeah, I'm right here. All right. All right, all right. Uh, there so, we go. So, the hell happened. Okay. So, so I, I, again, I'm not casting stones at this individual because not only have I made mistakes, I've said things that I may have believed at the time because I was ignorant to the world. However, we do have to address the atrocity of, of him having such disdain for black people and living off of black culture, right? Because you... you and and I touch how a lot of them do not necessarily grow up with a lot of black people. No. And this is happening even, right now, bro. Right. Do even, uh, They had a study come out that said 7% of, uh, of, of white Americans do not have a non-white friend. So that means out of all our friends that we know that are white, they are exceptionally, are exceptional white people. They are the believers. They are the strivers. They are the American dreamers because you have black friends. That's right. Just like the Cannon said the other day, he said, I just may be somebody's token black friend. No, you are. <laughs> That's right, you are. Of America don't have a, a non-white friend. <laughs> Look, bro, we're, we're in 2018, right? About three or four years ago, a white dude told me that uh, he's moved to New York possibly three years prior to me meeting him, right? So all in all, that's about five, six years. So we're talking about maybe 2012, 2011, 2013, right? 
he told me that he has him and his friends in this town. He's never encountered a black person in person until he got to New York. He comes from a town of just angry white folk. Let that sink in. You know what I'm saying? But but let's let that sink in for a minute because everybody's talking about we're in the pro a post racist America, but you have white people that are still moving to urban areas that are predominantly black and Latino who's never interacted or saw a black or Latino in person. I was just like Lina Kansas. You made me think about it, it was in 2000 and, uh, 2008. And um, me and my friend raised an old guy uh, live in St. Louis, Blue Harmonica. Me and we went to the, I don't even know why we went to Pet Mark. I think we were just trying to burn time in, this, in the town. And uh, <laughs> we were walking around, and this and this little white baby, uh, he probably been no more than about three or four years old. And we go down one aisle, I mean, he just floored. He looks at me and raises, and he's like, you know, what the hell is going on here? And then, he, then, then she comes around where we at, and she said, Mama. That that's a black man. Like, <laughs> do you know? Like hell, I understand we got guinea pigs and and reptiles, <laughs> but mama, that's a that's a black man. And it was me and Razor didn't get mad. If we kind of, I mean, we had to reflect on that. It was like, wow. In some right. cases, well, you could have a few black people in town, and some of the folks still don't butt up against them or talk to them or. You know, you, we have uh, small relationships with each other. Nothing, nothing real serious. You know, I know a lot of um, a lot of folks who, who chime in on this uh, on the feed. I, I can I can tell them who they are, where they live, because that's how we are. Like you said, when you come into our community, we develop a relationship with you. We want right. you to feel that. That is why I think the blues is so subject. Uh, uh, to exploitation. You see what I'm saying? Because it's so easy to make you feel like you are also a part of it. Now, you play uh, uh, a major part of it, but the culture, and going back to the original topic of, of uh, what is blues, why the blues, and protect the culture and its people, if we are locked up in jail or dead, we are not here to represent blues or say what the blues is and we shall be given a chance to tell people uh, what is the blues. Do not define it until we define it. Don't, and if we define it, do not redefine it. Don't come back and exactly. say 2019, we're going to stretch it out. We're going to add an A, B, and the C. No, if we gave you the pre uh, preset, leave it alone. That's right. And, and see, yes, that is that is a hundred percent correct, and that's why we have to protect the culture because for so many years, and you know something, the 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 irony of it is you said it in the beginning of this this this, this interaction. There they there's books and, and documents on with with white folk controlling our narrative, giving our narratives their perspective of what the blues is and what black life is. We have to control our narrative, not in the fact of being disrespectful, not in the fact of being divisive, not in the fact of, 
ostracizing white people, but for the simple fact, if you really want to know what the blues is, what the blues is about, you should hear it from the horse's mouth. You want to take part in it, you have to come take part in it and be, as Mr. Tony Bryant says, a student of the culture by those who live the culture to this day. And that's the issue. We have to take control of our narrative and in taking control of our narrative because there's a lot of white folk that will be like yo man i'm so happy that you young black brothers are stepping up and doing this i ple i appreciate that more importantly the 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 young and old the young and old black folk need to to stop this ridiculous concept of we left that in the backwood we're not that no more and, and this this shame we are the only ones to my uh, uh, understanding, that's ashamed of our story and our tradition. And that is the issue. We cannot be ashamed. If we forget, if we continue to forget and try to, to mask and assimilate, besides the fact that just like the sphinxes and things, you know, how the wolf or sun house will have a white face, more importantly, we, 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 we won't have anything. No, we you, won't. You understand what I'm saying? Well, it goes back, you know, I was, now that uh, Mother Barbara Marks come back in the video, I was, you know, we was at the same location. Let's put it like that. And some things were transpired that were, wasn't right. And, and I, and I kind of like, you know, I felt like, dang, you know, right now, I feel like I'm in a situation of where I'm getting taken advantage of and mm. people who speak out for you, you know, they don't say, hey, this is what's going on, or look out, or be prepared for this. And she was talking to me, calming me down. And and in the midst of uh, telling me, she said, baby, she said, I'm going to give you advice that I heard from my father is that I don't need the awards or those accolades because that don't put food on my table. You have to treat me decent. You have to give me what is mine. So you give me my money, then I can go off. I can buy. Uh, if if I wanted to tell the people uh, that I felt like I damn it, I was the best blues player. I I would just take out an ad and not do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, the hardest that, working blues player in America. Right, like that, you know what I'm saying? If I felt like I don't, you know, these white folk can't play the blue, I would just take an ad out on Facebook like the Russians did. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and I could, just, I could just get my point across so easy. But she said, you, you know, don't be afraid to be boisterous. And at that moment, I, I was I beginning to find my, my way. But it felt good to have somebody so deep inside the blues, so connected to our story to say, baby, it's all right to stand up for yourself. It's all right to tell people, uh, no, or uh, you cannot treat me like this. You have to treat me with respect. And then from that moment, I felt like in the last three or four years, I've been coming out of that chair and I've been speaking more and more. When I first started on Facebook, you can go back to it. I, I mean, I was talking, nobody paid attention to nothing. And just over time, it started picking up and it, it grew bigger because I started being true to myself and those who were true to me keep me true to myself. That's right. And we other true to ourselves. We, we tell each other all the time, there has to be a, a way we get together as black men, even as 
are poor Americans, you know, if we want to take it one step further to be very inclusive, that we should be able to pool together and buy land. We should be able to mechanize that land. We should be able to send, as I told you, we can send chicken from America to China and back to America. I know we can send chicken from the state of Missouri to New York. That's right. <laughs> or to, to the Appalachian. We can send it to where the help is needed most. We should, we should have the, the sense up here to know that if we cannot, what, what did Fox say? He said, first we come down, we knock on the door. And, right. And we ask, you know, kindly. And next thing, you know, we come back through, he put that rhyme back, he put that rhyme on it, we picking the lock, coming through with the glock. And that's just how it gets, you know, we get a little tired of being like, okay, I feel like the form for this or that, for some food stamp and for some Medicaid, but man, you know, just give me a job and I'll be all right. But and then, oh man, I, I just hate the rant, but I just want to close that with being that we have to keep each other true to ourselves and to who we are and not to let people infiltrate what we're trying to do the same way some guys who look like us did Martin Luther King. Exactly. Some guys who look like us did Malcolm X. Uh, exactly. Uh, they Some don't like how Rap Appalachian writes a tell-all book about Martin Luther King like you wasn't right there with this man when he was speaking on the best and the behalf of our people trying to show them that, look, hey, look, we can come out here and tie the suit and be professional and talk eloquent and be just like you. But then I believe, you know, I'm more of a, of a, a, of a panther, a rebel, a, a, a Fred Hampton type. I believe, yes, we can mobilize, but I also believe in we going to have to mobilize and also show people that you can no longer abuse us. Um, um, what was that thing, them cops, that maneuver they used in St. Louis, a cow or something, where they were pretty much had made a circle around the protest. That's right, that's right, yes. Throwing tear gas in here. You can't do us like that. The government had to come back and tell the St. Louis Police Department, you do not have the constitutional right to say what is and isn't a law for protest. Who That's are right. you to tell people when they're pissed off and when they are not? And I think that is what we have to garner that into, okay, let's not send a dollar to, to church this week. Let's develop a fund for each other. Let's say we want to buy this land. Let's put out a blueprint to say we want land to mechanize it and to buy five or six uh, uh, storefronts in these towns, and we'll support this with the backdrop of the farm, despite how much money the, the uh, uh, store make. We just want to put fresh food in our neighborhood. Why can't we start that? <laughs> I think we should. I mean, I, I know I know a black farmer off the top of my head. We we, we should start that. And, and, but see, that's the thing. You, to, I I believe in it, and I would like to do that and see it. What we would need is to we, we have the resource. When I say the resources, not necessarily the money. You, these stores would have to utilize this black farmer. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and then if we, as we start to 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 spread out, then we go into the the, the biggest black business of all time. You gotta have a, a grooming shop, then you gotta have a school. You know, then we gotta start moving around. I'm with that. You know, and, and that's very necessary, and that's why I would say I come from the 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 the, the mindset of 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 Booker T. Washington rather than the W. E. B. Du Bois 
who spoke about taking specific black folk that can assimilate and then raising them high. I'm not, come on, you know, let, let's, if we're going to build a community, let's build a community. We all have riffraffs. So we have to, they have to be dealt with. But, but if we're talking about, and when you mentioned how the police utilize that unlawful tactic, we got to clean that. We got to clean our system, you know, and not just with the white folk, there's black folk in there that need some cleaning. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I, I think that's a, right now. I think that is our biggest problem right now. Faith, with so much uh, uh, going on in the in, in the country, it is that now more than ever we need those who stand in between uh, uh, peace and chaos to stand up on behalf of the community and say, "Hey, look, we have to take a stance." And yes, we we may need. Uh, better police training, but we also need black people who look like me and you to stand up for our people where we find ourselves in position and power to do so. Like, that's why we use the platform. We coming now. I think we have, I think I have called the blues community um, uh, out of left field because <laughs> it hasn't been a social movement with inside the blues community that the blues community was involved in this uh, overall social movement of the black hip hop rap and and R&B conscious community, whereas we were giving out uh, uh, edutainment. You see what I'm saying? Not just I entertainment, do. but we educating you while entertaining you at the same time, so we can make uh, the best of the time we have together. And we have the blues have never seen that before. The blues have never had no no one really. I think I think they've asked them questions nice questions and interviews that have been some tough interviews that we can run to and give us hope to uh, uh, say, well, let's go out and do it. But there hasn't been the artists or artists to say, hey, look, let's stop. Let's use the platform that we have. I tell, uh, I tell, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say who I tell because I feel like what I preach is, uh, is, poisonous for some of the brothers. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah, I don't do. want to mess up their position because I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm comfortable yeah, speaking to me both. Yeah. And this may not be something you want to bear just yet. You may like talking about it like we say off air, but a lot of everybody not going to come do what we just did or what no. we're doing now. Everybody's not going to come and say, well, here it is how we feel. Let's take this from being a, a cognac a catnip conversation to uh, 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 let's go out and have a broad conversation of what's going on. And that's why I think the blues community needs people like us to come in and set these fire to, you cannot say the blues by, by hoping to God, uh, Joe Bottom also keep turning on people or uh, Kenny Wayne Shepard keep on turning on people or, 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 or this, that, and the other until you use guys like Eric Gale until you use guys like Jakiri Singleton, till you use guys like Catfish, uh, Ingram, Kriston Ink, or Catfish Ingram, till you use guys like Quan Willis, you know, the Seven Birchwoods, the Peterson Brothers of the world, Kingfish, Kingfish, all. I know, I know, I know. Kingfish gonna kill me. I call him damn Catfish. I think about all the time he telling me how the white people say, hey, Catfish, don't, 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 don't shoot me, Kingfish. Don't shoot me, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kingfish. Kingfish no, but, but anyway, we have to but, promote ourselves, and we have to be out front. And the and the, now we have in the uh, IBC, 
and the National Blues competition. You can't compete over the culture. You can't compete over uh, if you walk out and, and you do good enough that, that we don't grant you uh, with something more than we gonna grant people who've been telling the truth, who's out here actually doing what it really takes. We don't want it. Ain't nothing fancy and cute about the blues. Ain't no. nothing we talking about the real blues, man. We talking about I want to write blues like I was telling you about that song I wrote. I know the blues. Um, the blues are when you're hustling on the street. They come yeah. choke you off. You all I can't breathe. Uh, the blues is 12 years old playing in the park. The police. Roll up, little brother, take one in the heart. Uh, uh, they have asked you to turn around. You're going to keep on following me until I'm six feet in the ground. Uh, I give the people a little bit of their own European history, how King Leopold, King Leopold killed 17 million Congolese. These are blues lyrics that tell the people what the real blues is. This ain't telling Boy. you I got my mojo working, but it just don't work on you. Uh -huh. No. We, see, and I'm happy you brought that up because I'm a big advocate for, see, I, I ain't never picked no cotton, okay? Now, no, my, grand, my, my, my granddaddy did, but I did not, right? I, I grew up in a concrete jungle. I spent a lot of time in the South, but I grew up in, in, in the concrete jungle. So so to be, to really do, and I'm kind of piggybacking off what you're saying in regards of be standing in truth, to do what we do at, at an effective level, we have to stand in truth. You understand? I, 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 my songs, and and, and I'll, I'll say that in a second. My songs are about the everyday struggle of today that most people relate to. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm gonna tell you one more again. Me and you ain't friends. Don't never call my house again. Acting like you know me. Scaring my poor wife, homie. That ain't right. I believe in Christ. But me and my wolves will get you. And you know who I'm talking to in that song? The bill collector. <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, I'm talking to the bill. Stop calling my house.